So, they want to play mini-golf, eh? Two can play at that game. Or even four, depending on the number of ball colors available. <sighs> I choose pink. That's their color, sir. The hell it is. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage to the movie reboots of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about Into the Wild Green Yonder Part 3. Uh, ben and, and listeners, I uh, teased this on Twitter uh, uh, on Monday night while I was watching the episode because I had a great idea for a terrible opening bit. Uh-huh. I vaguely recall I'm going to look very disappointed in you. Uh-huh. So let me get that ready. All right. Okay. <clears throat> I see that your face is, is quite plastic. I'm ready to look disappointed. Elastic plastic. Mm-hmm. So the moment has arrived. Uh, I know I've teased it incessantly since the, um, the moment I came up with it. But we, are, we have arrived in the moment of this terrible bit. Ben, I've written limericks. Okay. <laughs> I, w- I will read them to you now, dramatically. I went into the wild green yonder, and I took a minute to ponder. What this show's all about, it's hard to figure out. Whoops, this bit was too easy to squander. <laughs> okay, I'm actually not as disappointed as I expected to be. All right, well, I have two more. All right. <laughs> hold, hold that disappointment. As an eco-feminist, I wear pink. Leo Wong is someone I hoodwink. His golf course is bad, and we make him so mad. At him, we throw the whole kitchen sink. Okay. Um, disappointment meter going up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And here, here is the... Uh, I probably should have uh, left it for the first one, because I think that was the best quality one. But we'll, uh, we'll see where this one goes. The Legion of Madfellows Calls. To be part of their group of oddballs. Even with my behavior, they call me their savior. Now I just have to tear down the Wong walls. Okay. Wong walls is sort of a, a mouthful. It, it's, it's a bit of a, a, of a mouthfeel to it. Yes. But now here's my question. Go on. Why? Um... Because it came into my head, and I followed followed that bliss, and uh, it turned out okay. Okay, no, I mean, I mean, I'm uh, kind of disappointed at how not disappointed you are. Well, just see, confused. See, you said to be prepared for like disappointment, so I was like, the bit is just going to be you like quacking like a duck for five minutes. So I should have gone with my first gut instinct then to just quack for five minutes. Dang it. And no, that was, that was, uh, actually not terrible. So like, you know, that middle one, I think, uh, could use, use work. The, uh, East German judge, uh, definitely scored that a three out of 10. So, you know, you've got some, you've got some work to do, uh, on that dismount. So what you're saying Um, is I should have led with that one. Well, they say, you know, lead with your best foot forward. I did, um, apparently. And so that way you can then disappoint everybody once you set that bar at a high level. It's true. That's and how that... you get ahead in life. 
That's how I've done it in my career. How to win friends and influence people and disappoint everyone else. That's a book that I wrote. Uh, we co-authored it, friend. And it's called Back to the Futurama. <laughs> and welcome to that. Welcome to the audiobook. It's, it's amazing because we didn't even set that bar too high for Back to the Futurama, but we haven't gotten there back. We haven't gotten back there. I mean, let's be real. We did Jurassic Bark and then we peaked. Yeah. So now we're just riding that rail just yeah, yeah. down. We're, co- we're coasting the rest of the coasting, way. Coasting coasting on the fact that everybody gets sad at Jurassic Bark, and then we really just milked that one for all it was worth. We we uh, sure at, did. At expense of friend of the podcast, Emma, uh, in I'm, a big way. Again, sorry again to friend of the podcast, Emma. And now we're just like, I don't know, Futurama's a thing. Let's write limericks and talk about Pokemon and a ghost <laughs> named Jeremy. <laughs> That's all this is now. It really is, yeah. So, Into the Wild Green Yonder, part three. Uh, Leela gets the previously on, and then the camera seems to like fly directly into her eye. I think what's insinuated is that the camera is steady, but the ship sort of lurches forward. Oh, I see. Because the animation sort of makes it look like she is sort of reacting to that sudden shift in inertia. Oh, okay. uh, but that's just how I read it. It was weird. Yes. Like all these previously ons are. Not the weirdest one, though. That is true. So, yeah, we get the previously on Futurama, uh, where we find out all the things we found out in previous episodes. If you're starting with us now, go listen Why? to... <laughs> Fair point. But uh, listen to part one and part two of Into the Wild Green Yonder, where I do not have limericks. I can't, I can't guarantee you four yet, though. I could... It could be a return to the limericks. If you want Mike to make up more limericks, please tweet at Back to Futurama. With the hashtag, hashtag return to limerick. Hashtag Wong Walls. <laughs> okay, I'll go with that one. Nixon wants to stop these feministas because they are ruthless criminals who will stop at nothing to protect the environment. Uh, but he doesn't see how a bending unit can lead them to them. Basically, Bender is stuffing himself full of money from a, a slush fund Nixon keeps on hand. Yeah, of um, course. Nixon. Yeah, he absolutely. Basically, Bender doesn't even like say anything. Zap's the one who's like, Bender told me that it was my, uh, the girl I, I did the sex on one time. So let's go get her. Yeah, I just want to warn everybody that Zap is uncomfortably in this episode uncomfortably so um and when asked why bender is interested in taking leela down considering that they are co-workers at minimum friends perhaps it's not just for the money although he does want more of that oh absolutely um but because his he is worried about his record for longest rap sheet because it because she could be breaking it she's committed 30 felonies and 12 star systems it's a lot of felonies in a lot of star systems and a good little 12 star systems is very specifically that like Star Wars reference that like just dropped so subtly and I it's very good. Love it. I may not know the song from Star Trek when they fight in the thing. No, of but course you, not. You make a reference to 12 star systems and I'm like that guy had the death sentence on 12 star systems. That's a thing. It's a, I got yeah, it. Yeah, I I definitely noticed the the twinkle in your eye when you're like 12. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Haha. Meanwhile, Fry is... Oh, uh, yes. Bender wants uh, a a wiretap authorized, and Nixon gives him six. Yeah, just why not? Let's call it six, and, you know, it's fine. Meanwhile, Fry is a security guard 
uh, at the construction site where they are building mm-hmm. one of the holes for this giant miniature golf course that Leo Wong is constructing. Bender parachutes into the scaffolding. <laughs> I just, I love the concept of him. Where'd he come from? Who knows? Just Bender parachuting on in. You know, like timing in this is all just weird like <laughs> we have no other way to get him he's just gonna parachute in he's just here now it's fine don't ask any questions uh i do want to point out that there the sign for the the golf hole is very great it is it says coming soon from wong golf another class a dash hole okay that's clever mm-hmm. some clever wordplay it's very good yeah, Fry, uh, Fry even ordered a mustache to really just sell the bit of, oh, of him course. being a security guard. I mean, if I ever became a security guard, I would get a fake mustache on top of my beard. That's and how dedicated you can right. believe you, you really be. need that Paul Blart level oh, yes. stash. Oh, absolutely. It's pretty much required security attire. Exactly. Bender is like, hey, buddy, can I borrow your cellular telephone for a moment? I think they call it cell phone telephone or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And that kind of bit <laughs> co- keeps coming back up in this part of the movie and it's or episode, and it's truly amazing. Uh-huh. And so... Just everybody calls it cell phone telephone. It's like, what? Fry's only stipulation is not to play the Tetris game he's got going because he's finally got that backwards, uh, that piece that looks like a backwards L. He has so, so few demands. I mean, I don't let people touch my cell phone because in college, most of the time it meant that it was going to be changed to whatever foreign language was available on that cell phone. Sure. So, you know, if somebody ruined my uh, kind of abysmal Tetris game, like you see a quick shot of it. It's not great. He's not doing great. Like that would be the worst of my problems. But um, yeah. Yeah, trying to figure out where the language section is in Russian when I I have no idea. So, like, cool. Now I got to dig that out and just poke around menus until I find where the freaking turn it back to English thing is. <laughs> so Fry is very trusting is what I'm saying. Well, it with, is. Trusting with few demands. And, and, I mean, it's his friend. He needs a cell phone. So, of course, cell, cellular phone, telephone. Cell phone, telephone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the background, he then starts doing everything to wiretap this phone, including using a sledgehammer. At that point, Amy shows up with uh, Leo, mm-hmm. and Amy kind of freaks out that Fry would be working for her dad, and asks, "Like, how can you be doing this when you know Leela is trying to stop this?" So on and so forth. And then um, there's this weird conversation a, about Amy's butt. It's a that whole is conversation gross. about Amy's butt because her dad is saying that it's a fat butt. And Fry is like, well, actually, sir, like it's kind of a sexy butt. And like, this is a conversation. I don't want to be a- any of the three in this conversation. Oh, no. I don't want to have my butt talked about with my father. I do not want to listen to someone talk about my daughter's butt and i also don't want to be talking about my daughter's butt none of that is i i hate everything going on here especially when amy has a reasonable point why is fry working against leela and that's never questioned or that's never responded to it's just turned into a discussion about amy's butt Mm -hmm. there's no reason for it it's true it's very awkward but this this sort of uh 
chases Amy off. And so, you know, she doesn't get that question answered because she's just like, I'm done with this. I can't. I don't blame her. Yeah, I would have noped out of there like way sooner than I that. I mean, she could have slapped them. He, she would have been within she her She should have slapped Exactly. Him. That's what I'm saying. It was gross. And then Bender hands back the phone and is like, hey, here's your phone back. And it's got this big old contraption like in wires and, and antenna coming off yeah, of yeah. it. And he's also like, oh, also... Uh, I dropped that Tetris piece in the wrong place and lost the game. And <laughs> <laughs> it's just that's, that brief shot of the game and that explanation is just it's it that is like peak Futurama to me. Like not peak, mm-hmm. but like the 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 like echoes of the really really good. Futurama. Oh yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. Also, but yeah, just terrible game of Tetris. Oh, I mean, like it's just a it's just a tower right down the middle of the screen. <laughs> Like, I don't even know where Fry was going to put that backwards L piece. He had a plan for it. Or maybe it was just excitement. He was just like, oh, I've never gotten the backwards L before. You know, I mean, some people just have a favorite Tetris piece. It's true. You know, most people default to that uh, 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 line line yeah, because you can complete Tetrises that way. I'm more of a T-shape kind of guy. Versatility is my game. I like a big square. Okay. That's how I roll. We. <laughs> I'm going to put that on a business card for you. <laughs> the big square. That's how I roll. Yep. I like how you pointed to your t-shirt when yeah, I said business it's a, card. It's, it's a business card t-shirt. It's a new it's a new concept I'm coming up with. Um it's it's basically a t-shirt but it has all your business con- contact information. Okay, well let me know. Wait, actually. Okay. This makes a lot of sense. Okay. Because All right. everyone's got cameras in their cell phones. Exactly. Now. Just take a picture of my chest. Nobody wants to walk around with all these freaking cards. I know. It's just a pain in the butt. Literally, if you put it in your wallet. Yeah, exactly. So you just wear this business card t-shirt. Uh-huh. And then when somebody's like, let's trade contact info. You're, I'm 100% you're just ahead like, of you. Boom, take a picture of this. Yeah, done. And then done. And it's on their phone. And then... And everybody uses their phone everywhere nowadays. Yeah, exactly. So, nailed it. You should patent this idea before someone else steals it. TM, TM, (laughs) TM. I don't think it works that way. Um, But yeah, I... uh I I think I I can turn this into a a business. So if... uh, uh, Angel investors and VCs, if you'd like to contact me, just tweet Mm -hmm. at Back to Futurama and... Let's talk about some business card t-shirts. Man, this this uh, podcast is about to get real lucrative. <laughs> uh, so Tetris was how we got the, on that. Only the <laughs> finest studios for Back to the Futurama. It cuts to the next scene where... Well, first Fry shouts about having lost his Tetris game. Sure. And, uh, as I, uh, He's in his right about it. And then it cuts to Fry... Uh, guarding the grounds mm-hmm. of the golf uh, club. Longminster. He finds Frida pounding in a sign into the ground that I don't remember what it says. It's it's something of like save the environment, implore Leo's retirement or something like that. And it's just really... Uh-huh. For, all but I it, remember... But it has a, it has a, a like a, one of those feminist puns in there. Right. All Frida I remember loves. is that Fry is like, that sign's terrible and you should be better at writing the sign yeah, it's true which i kind of have to agree it's not a great sign it's not a great sign after a little bit of back and forth about like 
why are you why are you doing this? It's like we're on the same page. Uh, and Fry gives a message to her for Leela that her sweet goofbag is working to save the Violet Dwarf Star. Meanwhile, back at Planet Express, there's a big banner that says going out of business forever again. Again. I, I love the concept of the meta part of that because it's like, well, we're at the end of the episode. We're, we're th- you know, right. at that point, Getting... half of the last movie. So might as well get that excuse out there. Right. Because I don't think at this point there was any real plans to revive them after the movie. I do not believe that. I don't was. know what the specific timeline on right. movies to the Comedy Central reboot was. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's a lot of uh, it's some pretty good meta humor. It's there. I, yeah, I I very much enjoy it. Uh, the company is going under because reasons. Well, the delivery crew is all missing. <laughs> They're all off doing That's their a own good thing. Reason. And the tickle me benders aren't selling very well. I would totally buy one of those. Oh, totally. You, you know I would. Yeah, of course. I'm surprised we haven't. We don't have any. Right. I mean. I don't think they actually exist. Is the I problem. think they should. This is the thing. They make okay, Funko well, Pops. When, when we get rich off of uh, business, business card T-shirts, then we're going to license. We can reinvest that money into Tickle Me Bender dolls. I mean, it's it's just diversification at that point, right? We 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 have the we have multiple markets corner. We're strong businessmen with our shirts and our Tickle Me Benders. <laughs> and a podcast that some people listen to occasionally maybe we're really we we can really do it all it's the american dream <laughs> we're triple threats anyways the professor <laughs> is like literally pulling out their career trip uh, yeah. career chips uh it's a very painful yeah. process uh particularly for dr zoidberg where it's a like hard shell uh-huh. claw yeah there's a lot of disturbing crunching i want to know who did all the sound effects for literally any time zoidberg is taking damage because in in that episode where the professor hits him with a hammer there's a like definite like yeah, crunch yeah. and it's a little it's a little disturbing i mean i imagine i know how they did it and this is also like content warning this is gonna get rough and raw I'm pretty sure they just took a hammer to a lobster, like yeah, a real he, one out lo- in, 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 well, the lobster would be dead before because, you know, you can't hurt a living thing, but once you kill it, <laughs> then you can smash it all you want. You're maybe right about that. I mean, you buy it at the grocery store. It's a, it's a lobster. It's, it's at that. Well, I mean, you'd have to get the frozen one, of course, and then thaw it. And then... Yeah. I mean, it could be. All I know is it, the sound effects for zoidberg taking damage are visceral they are very visceral i agree where everybody else gets like the standard punch noise right but 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 that's because because of the soft squishy bodies Mm -hmm. and you can't just literally punch a person and record that noise like you can just by smashing a lobster i mean i guess unless you go get a cadaver (laughs) okay okay we're moving on (laughs) I'm solving problems. I'm business business card t-shirts, tickle me benders, punching cadavers. It's a law of threes. What would you call your punching cadaver business? The corpse boxer. Okay. Like corpse bride, but boxer instead. Okay. It's not great. Eh, 
it was know, the only one that came to mind. We'll, in that. We will workshop it. And people at home don't realize I edited out 19 minutes of silence. It was a now. lot of silence. So uh, it felt like a lot more than 19 minutes <laughs> as I'm like, oh, crap. What are words? Someday we'll do a live show and then people will realize how bad we are at this because we'll be like, here's a joke, <laughs> I think. And then it'll be like 20 minutes of us being like, uh, hmm. Uh, no, it can. That's not a thing, is it? This is. Hmm. And then Ben Google's that corner occurs. Uh huh. Yeah, the ma- magic of editing is phenomenal. Anyways, so the professor is about to take out the the career chip from Hermes, and at that point, the phone rings, and uh, that causes the professor to almost not take the career chip out of Hermes, but then rushes out and does it anyway. And Hermes is like super terrified of this. When he gets a temporary reprieve, he's very happy. And then when it happens, he's just like so much pain. It looks painful. The professor answers the phone and it is Leo who is hiring them to build a fence around the Violet Dwarf Mm -hmm. to keep the protesters out so that they can blow the whole dang thing Mm -hmm. up. They even say it's a billion-mile security fence. That's a big fence. That's a big fence. It's a big fence for a big square. There it is. <laughs> uh, the professor agrees to the to to it, and immediately money starts coming out of one of the compartments or like slots on the giant television wall. It's a hardest thing to describe. Now that I actually try to have to do that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but they're back in business now, so they get their career chips back, which is also painful. I mean, it is like getting your hand pierced. So they head off, but they are intercepted by the eco feminists that, and they paint the ship pink. Well, so first of all, there was I just wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I missed stuff in this one. I just wanted to mention because it's a joke that I found particularly fun. Sure. When the professor is having trouble driving this ship and they call him on it, he's like, but I invented this thing. You wouldn't ask Thomas Edison whether he knew how to use a sexmotron because I have questions about the sexmotron. Okay, go on. Was it truly invented by Thomas Edison or did Tesla invent it Mm -hmm. and then Edison stole it? Well, Edison at least marketed it. I mean, you know. That's what he did. He stole and he marketed. And that's why we remember him so well. Right. So Tesla was the one with the with with the science brains. Right. So that's my first question. Okay. The second question is uh who currently holds the patent on the Sexmotron? I imagine it's public domain at this point. You don't say. I oh I mean if we go to the internet in the year three thousand and whatever, I'm sure there's three D printing plans for as many of them as you'd like. Okay. All different styles and colors. Okay. Well, that's good. You know, it's nice to have a, a variety of colors of sexmetron. I agree. Variety is important. Mm-hmm. It's the spice of life. And and in the in three thousand seven, I'm sure three D printing filament is cheap, and and prevalent. Excellent. All right. So we'll reinvest some of that shirt money into there. We a sexmetron. Go. I, this is where company. I'm talking about. Let's right. build this company and diversify. <laughs> Okay, I just wanted to bring up the Sexmotron because I felt like, you know, there was some potential there for us to make money off of it. 
You're right. See, this is your instincts are great. And this is why we have to go together on this journey. Because your instincts are great. I sometimes have good ideas. We can bring them together and we can do the thing and make so much money. VCs, if you're listening, I know you're not. But if you are, just tweet it back to Futurama. So, yes, then the feministas take over the ship. They paint the whole thing bright pink. They've also gained Amy and La Barbara. Who points out to Hermes, now you're making your own manwiches. And he freaks out. But here's the thing, manwiches are really easy to make. Yeah, they just come in a can, don't they? Like, it's this like easiest freaking, you brown some like beef. Oh, sure. And then you add sauce onto that beef. Boom, you've got a manwich. It's not that hard, Hermes. I will say that you described a manwich and I was like, oh yes, I am very hungry. Because <laughs> that sounded delicious. No, no idea what the sauce is. Don't care. Just want the manwich in my face. I'm going to quote you on that. I just want the manwich in my face. <laughs> Why have I done this to myself? I did this to me. It's been a while since we've entered Ben's euphemism corner. <laughs> and yet here we are. Anyways, the... A, um, a, a very popular corner. Planet Express ship is now pink. They fly to Mars and they just plop down this fence around Leo and Inez Wong uh-huh. and trap them in it. And like a, a cool little dome thing. Yeah. Then they go to the Honey Bun hideout. I, I will say, though, that they uh, they can't shout, uh, shout out a funny slogan because Frida is back at, back at the Honey Bun hideout. Right. Sorry. Yes. Right. Um, and then... While we go, we then cut to the hideout, and Frida is making more slogans, of course, and is like, wait, I have to tell Leela about Fry's message. She also ponders if Violet Dwarf rhymes with men are dorks, which... I think you can probably make it work. I've heard worse rhymes. Literally earlier in the, this episode, I think. Plus, I sort of do enjoy the thought of, like going to a protest and someone's holding a sign that just says somebody is a dork like pretty pretty uh pretty good yeah i would do it i could see that but yeah so then she thinks i'll go go to the next protest and just have a sign that says nixon's a dork do it (laughs) yes then she thinks okay well i almost forgot but i need to tell leela about that strange guy that i saw when i was putting up that sign and then at that point, this evil sounding voice just comes out of nowhere and says something like, oh, so they're trying to, I don't even remember. I didn't the, write it down. The Legion of Madfellows has found a new pawn. Yes. Uh, and asks the name of the new pawn. Frida didn't get the name. So the voice strangles her? Yeah. It's like you're of no use to us. And then Frida just kind of dies and uh, shouts into the cave like uh that she hopes her long lost brother will avenge her i i'm i'm just kind of amazed that a voice could could strangle a person like a disembodied voice in their heads like that's that's some that is some dark one stuff look man you think darth vader was strangling people with that little force choke he did it was just his voice james oh, earl see. jones man that's that's like fair. You know, that the whole hand thing was just an act because it looks intimidating. It's that voice. It's like uh, uh, near magic. When you're like, ha no, I'm over here, but I'm actually right, over right. here. Right, it's deflection. Yeah. Because if people knew it was the voice, you just cut those vocal cords and then And like, then you're good. Yeah. You say no, no midichlorians here. 
Right. Let us never speak of that again. <laughs> so I kind of love just bringing up the concept of those because people get mad at me when I do. So I don't like them either. I just like making fun of them. But yeah, man, it's it's totally the voice. So you get that really like, you know, good, deep voice. Yeah. Can literally kill a person. That's true. And now this, you know. This is CNN. Do you think if we could get James Earl Jones to say this is Back to the Futurama? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> he has no connection to Futurama that I know of. Yeah, but it would be... He was in The Simpsons, sure. It would be really cool, though, if he did that. I mean, yes. But I don't think... I sh- Let's not... Ho- well, okay, hold on. Now, hold on. There might be a way. Okay. Once we start this other company, the uh, business uh, business card t-shirts, Uh huh. then we make enough money to just hire him. And he does it. Right. Well, that's a way. I said, do you think there's a way? Well, without... Well, I mean, we haven't... We still have to work on the business plan for this company before we can get a, get ahead of ourselves. We're and spending hire. an awful lot of money before we have See, any of it. This is exactly what I'm talking about. We need a business plan to present to VCs and Shark Tank. We'll go to Shark Tank and we'll, Mark Cuban will be like, yes, here's everything of my money. I don't even want any equity. Just take my money. <laughs> this is such a great idea. And then... Once we have that running, then we can use some of it to do to get uh, James Earl Jones on the podcast and also as a spokesman for the the business card t-shirts. Okay. Um, I just if you're James Earl Jones, just let us know if you'll do this for free instead of this whole cockamamie scheme. Um, also, alternately, if you're, also if you're James Earl Jones and you're listening to this, what? Alternately, Phil Lamar would also be a very good. Ooh, yes. And he's actually on Futurama. And there's the there's the connection. See, like, I bet you, I bet you could kill a man with his voice. I bet you could. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be the want to be the man that gets killed by Phil Lamar's voice, though. Mm-hmm. Although Maurice, it's a Maurice it's a Lamarche, like brain it, himself, man. That's true. Like, also, probably kill a man being killed by these voices. You don't. I mean, I don't want to die, but at least it'd be a death with honor. I, he died as he lived, listening to Phil Lamar say things. Yeah, I mean. That's what I do most of the time. Yeah. I mean, he's in a lot of cartoons, so yes. So, Frida's dead. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot what put us on that. Uh, What are we even doing this podcast, Ben? Meanwhile, Fry gets knocked out again uh, because he runs into Hutch. On Mars. uh, uh, Hutch drags him off to the Legion of Madfellows, but it's not their normal hideout. It's the same Martian city that they went to in where the Bugalo roam. Mm-hmm. Although the Legion of Madfellows tries to convince Fry that it was m- abandoned millions of years ago. Actually, it was five. I remember because I washed my socks. <laughs> the point of that's how you remember a thing is so uh-huh. amazing and disgusting. It's, it's tremendous. Uh, so they... Explain sort of what the Dark Ones are. They give this whole presentation that first starts out as this like hologram video where it is basically these two animals. One that's kind of like a frog and mm-hmm. one that's kind of like a snake. They initially cooperate to try and eat, get mm-hmm. food and then they start having a evolutionary arms race where they eat one another, basically. One ends up becoming the Dark Ones. I do like that little montage of them sort of like evolving to like outwit the other and it's actually kind of a fun little yeah it's neat mm-hmm. I, I i liked it a lot uh the one that didn't become the dark ones and notice the 
the people didn't know which one went to which. Yeah, the snake may or may not be the dark one, and the frog may or may not be the dark one. Yeah, yeah, who knows? Uh, But the other one became the encyclopods. They are so-called because in their DNA, they also have the DNA of every other endangered being so that just in case they go extinct, they can bring them back. Yeah, so that's that's a good thing. As Fry points out, just like a pillow, a wig, and a corncob pipe can replace my ex-girlfriend. Exactly. Which uh, I like the addition of the corncob pipe. I mean, it just doesn't seem right without that. You got it. I mean, maybe his ex-girlfriend just smoked a corncob pipe. Maybe they come back in 3008. Maybe, yeah, absolutely. Or maybe, well, I guess at this point, her his ex girlfriend was the the one from Beast with a Billion Backs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't, you don't. We didn't see, her. Yeah. yeah, we didn't see twenty four hours a day with her. Exactly. Maybe in that in the afterglow, like you know, instead of smoking a cigarette, she's smoking a corn cob pipe. Exactly. And then she's like, "I have to go be a police chief." Uh huh. Yep. That is her entire character arc: corn cob pipes, police chief, multiple boyfriends. We've done we've done good work here. Nailed it in one. So uh <laughs> Yes. So the encyclopods have been basically wiped out themselves. Mm-hmm. But one egg remains. And that egg because of all the chi or whatever explanation they mm-hmm. give for it is causing this egg to have all this energy again, and so it may hatch, but the dark ones are after it. Sure. Uh, it turns out that the egg is in the violet dwarf system, and the egg itself is actually the violet dwarf star that Leo Wong is trying to destroy. Oh, I forgot to mention that uh, Fry at when they say that the encyclopods are, are meant to protect all other living beings, Fry does ask if that includes Celine Dion, and I'm like... That seemed that was like a low blow. Like we already spent all this time digging yeah. on Celine Dion. It's just it's just a hey, remember how we we don't like Celine Dion? Here's a little another taste. Right? Cuz this isn't like Torgo's executive powder where they're just literally sprinkle it all through the episode. Right. This is just another reference. This to. is like this was two episodes back and we're just like, "Oh, by the way, remember we hate Celine Dion. Just want you to know that." Or if you were watching the movie uh, like an hour ago, Right. Like, I know what, but, oh, okay. Uh, we get kind of a, uh, so this scene is kind of split in two, and uh, in the middle, there's the eco-feminists are at their hideout, where Leela, LaBarbera, and Amy lock Hermes, Zoidberg, and the professor in a go-go cage to see how they like it. And they turn on some disco lights, and they have they feel uh, used because they're dancing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, fair enough. Uh, Leela is, is kind of having a hard time thinking that Fry is acting so evilly. And uh, goes to call him on his cell phone telephone. And and the phone booth that they have in the Honey Bun hideout. Of course. And as she tries to go in there, she finds Frida's dead corpse all uh, uh, mangled up. All, All jamming that door shut. Now, I will say, in her death scene, she did not die in there. Correct. How did she get in there? Is the are the dark ones that powerful with their voices? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. It's it, it's. I uh, mean, it's a great plot device. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's a secret to everybody. So, Ooh. uh, you know, it it could be, could be anything really. Who knows? Anyway, they. 
uh, Layla kind of prods them. Is like, it, it could have been anybody. It could have been Fry. It could have been anybody. And then so everybody's freaking out. And Leela's like, well, just ca- stay calm while I call Fry. Right. Um, because she's pretty sure it wasn't Fry. Mm-hmm. But it could have been Fry. And so she calls Fry on his cell phone telephone. And a, a MIDI version of Walking on Sunshine is playing when he gets the call. It's tremendous. oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I rolled it back to make sure I was understanding. Okay. I was listening to it. That's right. a that's a good callback. It's a very good. Call- I love that. It's just like his leap motif. <laughs> like, well, fr- it's fries on screen. Got to play Walking on Sunshine. Mm-hmm. No, I mean it's I, it's it's yeah it's linked with him at this point. Yeah. Uh, one thing that w- we got from the Legion of Madfellows is that. At close range against the Dark Ones, the foil caps everyone is wearing is no use. Uh, that's why Fry's unreadable brain, because of the missing uh, Delta... No, Gamma Wave. Delta. Delta Wave. I was right the first time. That's that's the reason why he's so powerful in this in this case. So as this is being explained uh, through the use of like shadow puppets and stuff, uh, Fry gets that call, and um, he tries to start explaining to Leela... But then they're all like, no, like she can't know. Uh, so he's like, um, he also in like classic sitcom sort of humor. He's like, did you get my message? And Leela's like, Leela thinks that Frida's yeah. corpse was the message, uh, which was uh, pretty. I don't want to say it was fun because it's a corpse, but it was pretty fun. <laughs> I don't want to say it, but I will. But I will. I mean, like, it's that classic kind of like. Uh-huh. misinterpretation because not everybody has the full information right but it's pretty it's it's a it's a fun little trope to deal with right but then he can't really backtrack from that because he can't really say like he's just like well no it i didn't kill her but i can't really tell you what's going on right because if if uh he did she would be killed by the dark ones mm-hmm. and that sexy evil voice very good voice they they do make a plan to go to the Keeler Crater on Mars uh, at the 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 rim of it uh, because Fry is near there and Leela knows of it, <laughs> right? And they're like behind, they're one wall apart from each other. Uh-huh. It's very. I good. like that bit. It's pretty good. So they meet up at the Keeler Crater, um, and Leela is like in hiding. She's like, hey, like nobody, you, you're. You're alone, right? And he's like, yeah, of course. And at that point, the Nimbus shows up. Yeah. Because they have traced the call. Uh, no, they, yeah, they, they recorded were listening. the call yeah, they because were listening of that, to it. Uh, that uh, wiretap that uh, Bender so stealthily installed and on his Fry cell phone telephone. And Fry does not even bat an eye at the fact that there's now a giant like dual antenna coming out of his phone that wasn't there before. And just as they are about to surrender, the... Pink Planet Express ship flies in and winches them out uh, to safety. And Leela just puts Fry in the go-go cage with the other men. Yeah, because she feels like he ratted her out. And Fry uh, insists that he's not a rat. He's like a capybara, the loyal king of the rats. No, wait. So uh, I'm also impressed he knows anything about a capybara. I know. Like... <laughs> It, he he doesn't know enough to his phone is probably wiretapped with the giant antennas, but he knows about capybaras. I mean, everybody has their so yeah, own. Now I'm gonna say he doesn't notice because he's still sad about the Tetris game. Oh, that was all a plot. I see. Because Bender knew that would really get in his head and mess with him. My theory is that he just has very specific fonts of knowledge. Capybaras, yes. 
cell looking, phone telephones looking at phones no i mean do you really know how your cell phone telephone works no i mean i've got a little bit because i have written an android app before but not very much so uh they start flying away from the nimbus this whole chase scene ensues um, uh, and they go through the miniature golf course. Yeah, it's pretty neat. They go through the uh, the windmill, which the Planet Express ship goes through without a hitch. And the Nimbus gets sliced in half, losing all of the soldiers. I do like how Zap is like, ah, going to play some miniature golf, huh? Well, two can play at that game. Or four, if you've got enough ball colors. <laughs> which leads me to my question. Go on. When you're playing miniature golf. Oh, I know the answer for this. What color do you pick? Blue. Ah, see, now we're at an impasse because I also pick blue. Ooh. Now, sometimes I've got the dark blue and the light blue. Which do you go for? Dark blue. Dang it. <laughs> well, this just means we can never go miniature golfing ever. It truly means we cannot. Because certainly I can't use a not blue color or even a light, uh, a light blue. Ugh. Who would do such a thing? That you can surely not. <laughs> Thank you for using one of my favorite lines of all time. Um, yeah, no, I'm dark blue all the way. Well, I mean, when we when we go when we go on our uh, the business card T-shirt company offsite to the miniature golf place, we'll have to figure something out. Uh, actually, that's not a bad idea for an offsite for any company. Right? Miniature golf is, is pretty fun. I gotta, um, hold on. I'm going to Google where the nearest miniature golf is. While Mike does that, please tweet at Back to Futurama what your favorite miniature ball color is. Because this is like, for some reason, I need to know what everybody's favorite miniature ball color is. Ooh, there's one downtown. It's 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 in a building and it's like bl- uh, black light. Oh, yeah. Black light. I've been to that oh, okay. one. It's Kind of weird. Oh, now I want to go mini golfing. Dang it. But you can't go with me because of that whole dark blue mini golf ball. I mean, they've come up with ways to solve this problem, right? No. Not even. Science has not got. We can land a man on the moon, but we can't figure out two people want to use the same color of ball at miniature golf. So maybe this is why I'm a visionary. But here, let me pitch you this. Rock, paper, sipper. <laughs> Rock, paper, sippers. All right. Damn it! Damn it! I said I'm a visionary, not a mouthinary. Okay. So, anyways, the Nimbus gets chopped in half in the windmill hole, and the uh, the they are still a up, up in the bridge. They are still able to pursue. Right. And. And it's important to point out that Amy gets them, gets the Planet Express ship through the windmill hole. Oh, yes. By knowing exactly when to time it. She also, as they approach the Donkey Kong, King Kong? King King Kong. Kong. Monkeys aren't donkeys. As they approach (laughs) the King Kong hole, um, Leela's about to fly through the nose. And then Amy says, no, no, no. You got to go through the mouth. And go for the jaws right when they start to close. Right. And because Leela's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. And then Amy, out of nowhere, pulls out this cover of like miniature golf pro yeah. magazine. Where she was junior champion. I think she mentioned it in the last episode or, or early in this episode. Yeah. 
she became a miniature golf champion because of her. Because her father always wanted a son. Exactly. And so that's why she did that. Yeah. And so they, uh, Leela times it just right. Perfect. To go through this hole. And then Zap is like, first rule of captaining, go for the nose. And he gets turned around and smashed up and they break the ship and also the satellite radio. This chase is over. And then they, and Zap gives a command to go to the nearest XM repair facility. All the while singing his favorite 80s jam. Which 80s? The only 80s. There is only one 80s. That he cares about. And he starts singing Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran. Now... They only got the one song. My Hungry Like the Wolf theory... Okay. Which may be an unpopular opinion. The whole reason that song is worthwhile is the part where it goes do 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 so the like that's fun yeah i agree so it's like like harmonizing like so what the rest of the song i can take or leave that's fair so you really like the portion that bender sings yeah excellent it's a good i mean i don't disagree with it that's like the most fun part of that song mm-hmm and the rest of the song, I feel, is just a little repetitive. The chorus goes on for it does quite a while. It's a, um, it's an enjoyable song to listen to, though. I I do. Put but it yeah, in one like of my if favorites. it wasn't if it wasn't for that that part with the the dues, like you'd leave it. Yeah, I I would leave it. You wouldn't take it or leave it. You just like mm-hmm. it would be on the side of the road as you speed away. Right, and that is Duran Duran Grave. <laughs> Stay tuned as next time we talk about ordinary world was that a duran duran song um it, welcome to ben google's that corner you're right this this in a live setting would be insufferable ordinary world by duran duran Ooh, nailed it also in a live setting we might get people yelling it was a duran duran song you idiots and, and it, why am i here this sucks in a live setting uh we just see people like stand up and walk out and, <laughs> they wouldn't you know, even yell they're just like they're i just can't with this i could be like eating a sandwich or something right now yeah. and that's better than this yeah they would they would think i could throw this this cup of beer at them but then i wouldn't have a cup of beer to drink anyways they go th- the planet express ship goes through this whole like tube system and it comes out going directly toward this wormhole that is the 18th hole. Mm-hmm. And everybody freaks out until they are reminded that it's a wormhole hole. Like, they'll it'll, just, it'll just teleport them somewhere else. Uh, so they come out of the wormhole right next to the XM repair facility where the Nimbus is. And the XM repair facility is doing more than just XM. Oh, yeah, no, the, the whole Nimbus is like... Fixed the ship. Really fast. Real, real good work. Uh, five stars on Yelp would go to that <laughs> for repairing literally anything. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So yeah, this causes the Nimbus to to start chase again, uh, destroying the XM uh, repair facility. So I, I I hope they enjoyed your five stars. Well, you know, Leela during this whole chase, Leela is still like freaking out about why Fry is doing what he's doing, and Fry insists that he cannot tell her. Uh, he just has to trust her, and. Uh, meanwhile, the ship also runs out of whale oil, which is apparently what they're using now mm-hmm. in the fact that dark matter no longer works. I do appreciate that Leela's like, the indicator, it's indicating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the out-of-fuel indicator 
Mm-hmm. It is indicating. I just love the concept. It has one job. And it's doing it. It's doing a great job at it. I just love the idea of it's indicating. And as that they... Is what it's indicating. Just that it is. I mean, it's got its one job. It either indicates or it doesn't. And That's if fair. it's indicating, you know why it's indicating. That's also fair. So uh, they run out of fuel and they are heading toward this uh, black hole. Uh, I thought they were drifting into the giant uh, violet dwarf. Oh, yes. Sorry. They are heading off into or they're drifting off into the violet dwarf. Um, everybody on the ship gets to like sort of see all this life teeming on this mm-hmm. little asteroid, which uh, everybody is very impressed with. And... Uh, but it doesn't matter because they're all going to die until the Nimbus grabs them with a very classical looking sort of magnet mm-hmm. on a rope, basically. Like, like a, a one that you'd see in Roadrunner cartoons. Uh-huh. At that point, they uh, they come up with a plan where as Zap and Kiff are peering in, they see all the men dancing in this go-go cage and Zap is confused. Mm-hmm. And the feministas are behind them and manage to, uh, uh, you know, get them to drop mm-hmm. their weapons. But then Bender is behind all of them with one big gun that branches off into like other guns, one for each of the feministas. It's a really fun visual. It is a pretty fun visual. And um, Bender is like, uh, well, if you think that's shocking, wait till you see. And then this voiceover comes in that's like, tune in next time on Futurama. And that means that it is time for... Grave. The non-Duran Duran edition. <laughs> I kind of don't know how to feel about this episode. It had a lot of funny moments. Mm-hmm. Most of the funny moments were these random weird little throwaway things like random weird uh, callbacks or tangents or which I like. I mean, that's part of the reason why I like Futurama Mm -hmm. is that sometimes the jokes are big and obvious in there. And sometimes it's like we made a a Star Wars reference just sort of off the cuff that is barely Mm -hmm. even a Star Wars reference, but it's going to make Ben happy. That is very, very clearly designed for Ben. And uh, so I think in, in that respect, it does it pretty well. Um, the whole feminista plot is still kind of weird. At least now it's like they are very clearly working for the uh, working to better the environment, mm-hmm. uh, especially with uh, Frida no longer doing her stuff. Like most of the weird, like, God, what does she even call it? Like her <laughs> megaphone, a megafem, yeah, or like all of that. Like most of that's all just her. And so I well, don't have as much problem with it here it's still kind of weird that they're like oh hey everything is pink and they go to the honey bun hideout and all of that stuff it's still a little weird i mean when it's hard to change branding and you know zap does some zap is zap and uh so there's there's stuff i don't like but i mean overall i think it was uh, it was kind of fun the plot was not my cup of tea um and again it's part three of right a movie but it was pretty fun um the jokes were there and so i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a b minus i think it was overall uh enjoyable with some sort of eye rolling kind of moments and um we'll see how it all stacks up uh next episode when we finally finish this movie (laughs) so um yeah i i re- like most of the time i realize that we start our the second 
person saying I can't disagree with you, but I I really can't. Like you're you're absolutely right. There's really funny bits in here, like Tetris. The the, <laughs> the concept that the feminists and the odd fellows are like literally at uh-huh. two sides of the wall. It's there's there's fun little bits like that. The chase is very fun. I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but there all are these eye rolling moments with Zap with you know the conversation Frida. about Amy's butt, which yeah, is just that was weird. That was just gross, and like I just like I don't care about this. this is this is stupid. But I, with with those things as caveats, it is very it's it's a fun. It's like mm-hmm. it, I mean, any chase scene is if it's somewhat well done, it's very fun. Sure, and this one has that kind of like ooh, we're also playing mini golf with ships, and it's. I really enjoyed it. So again, I I think you're right on with with your your final di- thoughts on it. It's like it's a fun journey with really eye rolling moments. Mm-hmm. So you said B minus. Yep. Yep. I, I agree to- totally with you. Okay. Fantastic. And we want to know what you think. Whether you agree, disagree, whether you uh, want to get in on this t-shirt business card idea, as long as you don't steal it, but we don't are steal it. looking for investors. Absolutely. Uh, and maybe some employees if things get really rolling. Um, so if that's your bag, let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to talk about... if what, you, what the hell else did we even talk about If, if you episode? want me to write more limericks, <laughs> hashtag Wong Walls. Let us know what color of miniature golf ball you enjoy and what your favorite Tetris piece is. Mm-hmm. I and think that's uh, does a lot of the things that we talked about. I think about. that's pretty much everything. You can contact us by emailing us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. Uh, and we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So find us there, review us, rate us, rate us wherever you can find us. Subscribe and send to your friends where we can all... Have a good time mini-golfing together. Yeah, and I also wanted to give a quick shout-out. We've got a new patron this week on the Patreon.com. That's an air horn because I'm very excited. Shane is our latest patron. He's the he's the first to uh, uh, support us at the $10 level. So that I woke up to that this morning, and I was very shocked. So thank you, Shane. Yes, thank for, you so much. Uh, for doing that. Don't forget that patrons at the ten dollar level uh we will do a shout out for you once a month so uh let us know shane what you want us to say and uh we will do that you also get the uh five dollar folks get a live show from us once a month and uh, of course bonus content here and there from everybody at the three dollar level so you know if that is your kind of thing and you like what we do uh for some reason Feel free to go to patreon.com slash back to Futurama. It's all there. You can support us at any level you want yes. or not. If it's not yes. your, uh, if it's not in the budget or you just don't feel like uh, <laughs> we, we earn your hard earned <laughs> money. Uh, we, we absolutely love all of our patrons, but we love everybody who listens, who gives us a shot and listens to us. And thank you for coming to the end of this journey, which is, I understand it started kind of rough, but we we love you all the same. And I think that will do it for us this evening. And uh, until next week, when we finally finish all of the movies. We'll be done with the movies. And you can stop listening to us talk about how, well, the grades for this one, because it's the first part. That's done. That's done after next episode. Oh, man, I'm so excited. We can go by on an episode by episode basis. 
Oh, and before we go, I also did want to mention okay. my brand new podcast. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Because by the time this releases, uh, my new podcast uh, called Any Album You Like will have dropped. Episode one with friend of the podcast, Tema. We got together and we watched The Wizard of Oz synced up to the album Stunt by Bare Naked Ladies. And it was a wild ride. And uh, so look for that on Wednesdays starting this week. Watched all kinds of albums. Uh, I was on one. Yeah, you you sure were. I'm not going to reveal which one I used. Although some some hardcore fans of Back to the Futurama <laughs> can probably figure one of them out. Uh, so if you feel like that's something you'd be into, um, check it out. It'll be on iTunes at some point. I haven't submitted it to iTunes yet, but uh, I'll tweet out a uh, feed link. If you're interested, check that out. And if not... Um, I don't blame you. It's the weirdest, <laughs> weirdest project I've ever done. So, well, well, I mean, I can say for one that I am currently not subscribed, but once there is a subscription way of doing so, I will be on it. I'm very excited to listen. All right, because <laughs> I I got to watch Ben outside of the the podcast, kind of slowly, go insane, slowly go mm-hmm. insane while watching this, and I think I was roughly around middle the middle of the season, I believe, and so he was already in good spirits. Yep. So anyways, uh, I think that's all for the announcements and all of that. So uh, for reals this time, until next week, when we're back with Into the Wild Green Yonder Part 4, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye Goodbye from from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow.